And one of the things they said was put out the fire first. So whatever, you know, is hurting, let's put that fire out. But as soon as that fire's out, let's figure out why that fire happened. Diz Runs Radio, episode 290, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, let you know that pretty soon, uh, at the end of this week, as this episode comes out, I will be picking the next winner of the free custom training plan, the free training plan created specifically for you for the race of your choice. Not some knockoff, half-baked, one-size-fits-all type of thing. No, 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 no. This is the exact same level of training plan, less, the exact same level of coaching, uh, exact same level of effort that I put into it as I put into it with those that, that pay for a training plan. So it's, it is the, uh, the real deal, as it were, and you can get one for free. All you have to do is enter the drawing that I do each and every month at the beginning of each new month, which, again, as this episode comes out, is just a week away. I'll be picking the next winner. All you got to do is head over to disruns.com slash giveaway. That will redirect you right to the page where you click the little button and there's a little pop-up I think that comes up and you enter your name, your email address and bada boom, bada bam, you are automatically entered into the drawing and uh, you have a chance to win. Uh, you can also get there and get entered and registered from the homepage, disruns.com. Same thing. Click a button, pop-up comes up enter your name and email address. Yes, it puts you on my email list, but uh, no, it's not just a spammy newsletter e- email list. Um, I like to think of my email, the emails that I send out as blog posts. So, uh, you know, if you're, uh, if you enjoy reading, running blogs, hopefully you'll enjoy reading my emails where there's, you know, various tips and tricks and I don't know, check it out, check it out. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Um, but uh, once you get yourself entered, you are entered re-entered each and every month, as long as you stay subscribed to the list. So uh, you, you you have automatically have a chance to win every month from here on forward. So disruns.com slash giveaway, get yourself entered to win a free training plan. And uh, now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is a lady that I only recently connected with, but uh, it didn't take more than a few messages back and forth for me to to ask her if she might be interested in joining me for a chat on the show. And uh, once she agreed to that, and I kind of started kicking the tires a little bit to, to kind of get an idea of what we might talk about today, uh, it definitely didn't take long at all for me to realize that we probably have plenty of things to talk about, probably more things to talk about than what we will actually have time for today. So uh, needless to say, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Uh, lots of things to talk about. And beyond her running life, which obviously we'll spend a lot of time talking about the running life, but uh, she's also a physical therapist, which which catches my eye. And uh, as, as you all know, I can't resist the opportunity to uh, talk to anyone that's somehow involved with helping runners recover from and, and maybe even more importantly, hopefully avoid dealing with uh, an injury along the way as well. Um, and funny as it works out, she's got a little injury she's dealing with as well right now. So who knows how, how this is all going to blend itself together. Uh, but without any further ado, it's a pleasure to uh, be able to go a few easy miles today with Ms. Trish Barry Borboa. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Trish. I really appreciate it. And uh, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, looking, looking <clears throat> forward to it. And uh, guys, if you kind of want to follow along with Trish and what she's got going on, Instagram is pretty much the uh, the best place. Uh, the handle there is at ultra, the letter T and the number seven. So ultra T seven. Uh, pretty easy, short and sweet, uh, which is just how we like it. And we'll make sure to have it linked up though. In case you're out and about, can't have, don't have time to connect right now. Uh, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes today as we always do. Today's link, disruns.com slash 790 disruns.com slash 790 take you back to the show notes you can connect with trish all the other links and anything else that we talk about reference photos all the things disruns.com slash 790 so trish the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with uh, a very simple question that uh can be a, an easy one to to answer it can also be one that's uh, a little bit difficult because there's a lot of great choices and uh um, as I, as I often say, when I'm talking to somebody who I know has a little bit of an ultra running streak in them, um, I feel like the ultra runners have a harder time answering this than just about anyone else. So no pressure, but, uh, just, just have to ask to get us started with today. What is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh goodness. Okay. So I just attempted my first hundred 
And obviously I had to DNF, but that would be my favorite distance. Because I, I just look back and think of the grind. I like that grind. I still love like the 50 mile, 50K, but I know when I finish my 100, that's going to be the favorite distance. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and we talked about it a little bit bef- beforehand, and, and we will certainly dive into uh, the 100-miler and, and kind of where things went sideways and, and why you had to pull out, which, uh, as, as any runner knows, is, is never an easy decision mid-race to, to shut it down. Sometimes, though, it is the, uh, the right decision, which I think is probably the case with, uh, with, with your situation. But before we get to all that, where did you get started in, in running? Is, is this something that's always been uh, kind of something that's, that's been part of your life, or, or how did you stumble your way into the sport? Well, my dad actually is the influence. He actually ran through college. And so growing up, I saw him running every day, like literally every day. He never wanted to take a day off. And I started to get into it probably my seventh grade year. So I ran track seventh and eighth grade and ninth grade. And then I quit. I just uh, didn't have the track. Like, I don't know how to say it, but it just wasn't my passion track. Mm. I like to go out and run by myself. And so I quit that. So I took a little hiatus, but I ran off and on all through college. And I actually thought about joining the cross country team at my college. But funny enough, I was also a golfer. Mm. So I went to college for golf and my red, whatever with the, I can't remember the name of the, the company that does all the red shirt and all that kind of stuff. But I had passed my time of mm. being able to run. Right. So, cause I took a couple of years off in college. So anyway, uh, I just was running California on my own a lot. And then when I moved, I, uh, started getting into, cause I moved to North Dakota. So it's extremely freezing cold. I started getting into snowshoe running mm. and then that led to more trail running and that led to more trail running and longer <laughs> and longer and longer. And yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And then I did my first 50 untrained. I don't recommend this untrained at Minnesota Voyager, but loved every second. Okay. So, so I did, um, and, and this, this certainly is going to pale in comparison, but, but there is, there is some type of tie in here at, at some point, I promise. I did my first marathon, what I would probably classify as, as pretty much untrained. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to know, and for, and for me, I think most people that are listening, like people that have been listening for a while have, have heard bits and pieces of this story, but, um, the week before the marathon, I did a 14 mile training run and that was my longest <laughs> training run leading up to it. And I, I mean, I kid you not, Trish, I legit thought that I was, I was ready. I was I, seven days out, just did 14 miles. Clearly that's more than half of a marathon. So whatever, running a second half, no big, no big deal. I, I did the first half. I can do the second half. Obviously, like you said, not exactly the, the recommended route. Um, so when you say you did your 50 untrained, which is like I said, there, there was going to be a tie in here eventually. What, what, what is your classification of, of untrained? Was it as, as poorly trained as I probably was? Um, or was it maybe a little bit more trained than that? Uh, no, it's, it's, I think the longest training run I did was 10 miles. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I signed up 48 hours before the race. So the, yeah. the most, the most <laughs> obvious, uh, maybe follow-up question in, in the history of podcasting, why in, in, in God's name, would you sign up for, uh, a I'm assuming 50 miler, although I guess maybe we should probably classify that. Uh, 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 but in, in, either, in any event, a 50K or a 50 miler, why would you sign up for one of those 48 hours in advance with, with no training underneath you at all? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, I just, I'd been wanting to run an ultra for a really long time. And the Minnesota Voyager has just a great aid, like their aid stations are fantastic and they have a really good success rate for finishing. And I had done um, the Amasa back 15.5 and that was my first real trail race. Mm-hmm. And I just knew then that I wanted to do it. And so when it came time for the Voyager, I, it was close and I just thought, well, what the heck, I'll just wing it. <laughs> I don't, I really, I have no idea. I don't know how to answer it. I just, okay. Hey, that's, you know, see, see again, you know, we can com- compare and contrast stories a little bit. Like, I mean, I had signed up for my race, you know, five months in advance or four months in advance, something like that. Plenty of time that I should have been, been much more adequately trained, but I just had, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Um, so I almost feel like you get, you deserve a better pass and that it was just kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, this is, wh- why not? Let's, let's do it and see what happens. So, um, you signed up for it. How, how, I mean, again, you know, not, not the best training leading up to it. No, 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 no uh, bones about that. But, uh, how did, how, how did the race go? It actually went fantastic. <laughs> I was, I mean, 
I can't believe it. The only, okay, the worst thing was the chafing. I had never deal, mm. dealt with chafing before in my life. And that was the worst thing. So now I use squirrels nut butter all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, it, it actually really did go well. Um, I finished, I think it was like 12 hours and 39 minutes. I wasn't doing anything, trying to do anything spectacular. I thought maybe I would drop. Um, but no, it, I finished, you know, in a decent time, I thought for being untrained and I really wasn't too badly sore except my ankles and I loved the climbing. I'm a big fan of hills. So I, I love the switch from running to climbing and, and that race definitely gives you that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, at that point, then I'm, I'm going to assume that pretty much the, the hook was set and, and you know, this, <laughs> this was the game done. Yeah. Yep. As soon as I crossed the finish, I was like, yep, doing this forever. <laughs> I loved it. You know, and, and I, I, I don't even know how to say this, but it was almost like a surreal experience because you're out there, you know, by yourself. I didn't have any idea what I was doing fueling wise. I didn't obviously have any idea about the chafing thing. I didn't really know what I was doing and just learning and watching people and people were talking while they're running and someone falls, someone runs over there. Are you okay? Like it's a whole community. It just totally blew my mind. You know, this, this, our, our little show here, our, our little corner of the internet has a, a lot of a variety of, of runners, you know, for as far as distances, as far as, you know, road versus trails, the, the whole nine yards. Um, for, for those that, that, and, and I've, we've had this conversation with, with various other folks or at least similar lines of conversation. Um, but for, for those that, that are more, road focused uh or tend to for what one reason or the other maybe it's where they live or just never really had any you know anybody kind of pulling them to to get into trail racing um I, i'm just curious and, and and i don't know exactly where this question is coming from other than just kind of i feel like i'm, I'm putting some pieces together from some of the things you're saying that that uh you know the the, the trail vibe the the community the, the family atmosphere um which is something again that we've talked about several times over the over various other episodes um but can you maybe give a little uh I don't know, a little plug, a little push to, to maybe try to help those that have never done a trail race before to, to venture into parts unknown and, and sign up for, you know, obviously, maybe not obviously, but probably not an ultra right off the bat, although that's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, but I feel like just about any trail race has a pretty similar vibe, uh, laid back, relaxed, very friendly, very helpful, um, very family, family feeling, um, what would you what would you say to somebody who's never done a trail race before to maybe try to to spur them to to at least give it a shot whether they stick with it or not totally up to you but but why why venture into trails oh goodness that's kind of a loaded question right yeah kind of um, i <laughs> i would say to them man uh you know what go find a group that runs trails mm. I, that was huge for me when I went down to Ozark Foothills and I met like Matt and that whole group down there, mm -hmm. like they take you in. So you don't know what you're doing. They'll go run with you. They don't care. They don't care if they don't know you. They, right. It's like it's like an, an immediate community. Um, they'll help you right away. I've had so many people help me. I can't even tell you. It's just been honestly overwhelming. And these genuine people really want to see you do well. There's none of this, uh, um, you know, kind of backbiting stuff I've seen in mm -hmm. the past. It's just like... I think you have to experience it. Just take the time, go run some trails, pick like a, I don't know. I mean, like I said, my first race was 15.5 and just, you know, experience it. I, I think there's something about being out there on the trail by yourself, like, well, not even by yourself with people too, but it's just a different experience than road. I've ran a million half marathons and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put down road marathons or anything like that. Um, but it's just different. I, I, I don't know. And that's kind of what I think. I think that you just find a community and these people support you and they're there for you and they want to see you do well. And it's just a whole, I mean, I can't say enough about it. I can't mm. say enough about it. Yeah. It's, it really is a, a different vibe. And I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm definitely more of a, of a road runner, probably from, for convenience than, than for anything else. Um, we do have some trails around here, but the, the trail running, you know, it's just, it's just not as big of a, of a thing in the swamps of Florida as it, as it is in some other parts of the world, I guess. Um, or maybe that's my justifying my, my lack of, of <laughs> commitment to the trail running. I don't know, but, um, I feel like every time I do a, a trail race, especially if it's kind of an ultra, um, you know, it's like every 
everybody is hanging out and just chilling and you know there's there's you know the grills are going and there's food and and there's all kinds of things afterwards and it's like I feel like like as a predominantly a roadrunner it's like all right I finished like you know get get a little snack get a little something to eat and then like get in the car and go home and it's like right? like at, 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 at just about every trail race I've I've ever run um I feel like I'm never the first one to finish, but I'm always one of the first ones to leave because it's like, and I feel like I've stuck around. Like, I feel like I, like I, I hung around for a bit. Like I kind of, you know, like I didn't just finish and go right to the car, but like, like, I think to me, that's one of the biggest differences is just like, like in trail running from my experience and it's admittedly small, um, the race is, is kind of what brings everybody together. But then like we find an excuse to continue to hang out and shoot the breeze and compare war stories and eat some food and have a couple beers and like all of, you know, make a day out of it versus the roadrunner to me. It's like, all right, race is done. Let's, uh, let's go home and get on with our day. So maybe that's, maybe that's a, a difference as well. Something to, if that kind of idea of hanging out strikes your fancy, that's, that's maybe a good reason to try trail running too. Right. And people will stay till the last runner comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just awesome to watch. And the emotion that you see when people cross the finish line, it's just, Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Something so, else. Kind of th- don't know exactly how we took that that little turn, but let's, let's try to get back to uh, you know. I guess maybe that's that's trail running too, though, right? Like somehow we took a turn and we got off the trail, but let's let's get back to to the main trail and kind of get uh, get back on track a little bit. So you run you run your first trail race or your first ultra uh, that that probably not the best prepared for, um, but you enjoyed it, you loved it. Um, what was what was the next race like uh, as far as? comparing and contrasting that first race when I'm going to assume that the next time you, you ran a race, maybe you were a bit more prepared and a bit more trained for it. Um, was, was it dramatically different or was it still kind of the same type of thing where it was just, you're out there and just cruising and chilling and enjoying yourself? You know, the, the second, the second ultra that I did after that is actually kind of quite a bit of time. So I did a half marathon. I was going for, to break a hundred, a hundred, an hour and 30, um, in the half. And so I signed up for the half marathon here in town and I broke my foot at mile three mm. in a half mar- road marathon. Right. So I run these trails and I never, you know, break anything. And then I do a half marathon. I break my foot. But anyway, I, I broke it at mile three and I finished the race, which was really stupid. Um, I ended up really hurting my foot pretty bad. So I had to take a year away from racing. So my first race back was actually this past April wow. and it was 50 K in down in St. Louis and it was Ozark foothills. And I, so when I was out there, I was just like in love with everything because I hadn't, you know, raced in so long, mm-hmm. but I was the whole time I was worried about my foot. So, you know, I don't know if you've had an injury in your foot, but like when you, when you run, you feel like, Oh, I don't ever want to feel that pain again. (laughs) And obviously the same thing with knees and hips or whatever, but for some reason, the foot I've injured lots of things and the foot just stuck in my mind, that fear. And that's something in PT with injury, like that, that, um, is so important to look at the person's not healing. Why are they not healing? Like, do they have a fear that's Mm -hmm. with this injury? Do we need to address that fear? There's a big thing with emotion and injury and healing. And I found that with me like just personally. And so I had to do a lot of, I guess you could say brain retraining to get myself back from constantly thinking that I was going to break it again. So when I finished, it was like elation. I was Mm -hmm. so happy. Like I, I, I don't know. I was just elated. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine I've, I've, you know, fortunately knock on, knock on wood, been, been mostly injury free over my, my, gosh, closing in, I guess a decade now of, of running pretty regularly. Um, you know, few, few aches and pains, little, little itis here and there. Um, but nothing, nothing fractured, nothing that's really, um, sidelined me for, for an extended period of time. Um, but I can imagine that, you know, something that you enjoy doing and getting it taken away from you for a year, um, at least from the competitive side of things, the racing side of things like, yeah, just getting, just getting back out there and, and like being part of that, feeling and that, that vibe, that atmosphere, um, had to be a pretty, pretty special day for you. It was a hugely special day and it was the day to the year of breaking my foot, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's, that it's funny how that, that kind of stuff works out. So, so that was, that was April of this year. And as we're recording this in the, the middle of November, um, you know, you don't have to be a, a math whiz or a, or a calendar guru to, to realize that, um, 
it's been about it's been about six months, you know, plus or minus a few days. And if and if we're putting the pieces together here, uh, you mentioned in the the intro that you uh, you know hundred mile distance is your favorite distance, even though it's a distance that you've yet to uh, to complete after trying your first first hundred uh, not too long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, I guess, as we're recording this. Maybe not even about a week ago as we're recording this. Um, what was what was the the path to a hundred miles? I mean, is that something that had been um, brewing? for a while or was that something that uh you know as 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 a lot of folks have said you know you get in with with friends that are, are in the trail running an ultra community it, it doesn't take you long until they they peer pressure you into it like how did you how did you go from coming back from an injury that kept you out from a year to uh signing up for and and, and participating in your first hundred miler uh attempt roughly six months later a hundred miler has always been a goal for me. Mm. So it wasn't anything that anybody said to me or anything like that. I, I just always knew it was something that I wanted to complete. A huge Western States fan, mm-hmm. really want to go there. Um, so I just knew, I knew I was going to do it. Now, did I think I would be ready for it? I wasn't sure. Right. You know, I, it's the same thing as that 50 miler. It was like, I just got to try this and see how it goes. So could I have been trained better? Obviously, two weeks before I, I raced, I couldn't run. So October 19th was the last ra- run I did longish run before the race because of the same foot that I injured during the race. Um, I think I ran, I took that whole time off. I did, I tried to walk jog, still had pain. And then the Wednesday before I ran three miles and was like, okay, well this is not that bad, right? You know, you say like, (laughs) it's not that bad. Pain might be like a level five, but I can still run on it. Maybe an eight (laughs) actually, I can still run on it. Um, I'm good. And so I showed up at the start line with a little bit of fear because I had that injury and I knew I was going to be way slower. My time goals kind of went out the window, Mm -hmm. but I did not realize how rocky that course was going to be. So that was a huge factor in, you know, what happened. So, and, and, as we touched on briefly before we got started, but, uh, for, for, you know, for everybody listening, you, you made it through and, and obviously correct me where I, where I screw up my details, but you made it through 60 ish miles, something like that with, with, like you said, rocks and roots and all kinds of gnarliness over the trail, which led to various times of, of rolling, rolling the ankles or stepping a little bit funny, various, various trail hazards along the way. Um, and eventually it got bad enough that you, you, well, dig us to, to, from that point, move us forward. So it's, it's not going great, but you're, you're still going, um, and then, and then, uh, the decision to, to pull out comes into play pretty soon. So kind of connect the, connect those dots for me. Cause I'll, I'll butcher it if, if I do any more talking <laughs> right now. Um, so I went, yeah, I went really slow. So I have a fear of getting lost too. Mm. So that kind of slowed me down as well. Um, I was really checking the markers. So I was a little bit slower with my foot and, and that, um, I'm still learning a lot. And when I got to the 40, uh, Adam and Craig were standing there and they're like, how's your foot? And I'm like, ah, it kind of hurts. You know, I've got this pain and this pain. I'm like, but you know, my whole body's sore. So let's do this. So we took off and we made up at about, about 40 minutes. I was feeling really good. We were clipping off really good, uh, miles. And then from what I'm remembering now, because at first I was like, when did this happen? Uh, from what I'm remembering now, I rolled it, um, the last leg with Craig, which was sometime before 65 miles. And then I got hypothermic. I didn't realize I was hypothermic. Like when I came in at 65, Adam was like, are you okay? Like, I guess I wasn't making sense. I was uncontrollably shivering, blue lips, like the whole thing. So, um, I kind of wasn't thinking about when I rolled it, but now that I look back, I remember a really, really, really bad roll. So I came into 65 and I said to Adam, I can, I, if I can change, I can finish this. I totally can finish this. I just need to change. I'm freezing, blah, 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 blah. So I changed, did a full change and we headed out and, uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't run. Like I, I could fast walk, but I couldn't run. And we got to the last aid station, um, which was the Berryman aid station. And that's 78.6. And right before that, uh, I remember coming down the hill. I mean, it was hurting bad going down the hill and Adam turned around and he said, you're, are you, you can't even hardly walk down the hill. I mean, I was going so slow. It was ridiculous. And so when we, uh, when we got to, uh, maybe one thing that I did need to say is the, you cross a lot of lake or, uh, Mm. 
creek crossings. Mm-hmm. So it's your, your socks and shoes are frozen. Like it was right. so cold. My socks and shoes and laces were frozen. So I think that actually probably helped me because of the inflammation. <laughs> right. But I was cold. Anyway, so he took off my sock and shoes and we looked down and it was purple. Like purple, blue, like it was just a wreck all the way from my toes, all the way at my ankle. Mm-hmm. I took a picture of it. It's pretty gnarly. And I sat there crying. I'm just going to be honest. I was broken. Mm-hmm. I did I, 78.6. I, I knew I could finish. I knew I had it in me to finish for everything else. But after breaking my foot and looking down and seeing that same area messed up, mm-hmm. I I knew inherently that I had to drop. It just took me a very long time to make the decision. Right, right. I sat there, I think, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I believe it was like 30 minutes before I could hand it in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. And now I'm waiting on an MRI, but you know, I'm hoping it's one of those things with runners. Like, I don't know if you feel this way. It's like, yeah, I want to know, but I kind of don't want to know. <laughs> and <laughs> right. if I find out there's nothing, then I'm going to think I'm a wuss and I should have kept going, but then you never know if you actually would have injured yourself further. So it's right. like this conundrum you go over in your head. Yeah. That's, that's one of those, those post-race situations where it's, it's, there's, there's no good, uh, answer that comes from it. Because you know whatever whatever it is, there's always going to be second guessing that 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 you can can do and should have done this and, and should have and would have and could have and and you know you got to you got to do what you you got to do in the moment and you know it obviously has to be uh, pretty tough to be 22 miles uh, from the finish and and having to to pull yourself out. But also, I mean, definitely sounds like it was it was the right call because, like you said, who knows. Who, who knows a what it exactly is right now but b you know would 22 more miles have made it significantly worse probably a pretty decent chance that that that, that could have been uh something that would have happened if you would have kept going right and i did not want to be out again i mean right. i just after that year i'm like Ugh, i do i can try this again there'll be another race mm-hmm. but if i really hurt myself i could be out for another year right right don't want that so um something that, that you've mentioned a couple of times various injuries along the way, this, that, and the other. Um, and, and I'm curious with, with being a physical therapist and being in kind of the health field, um, some, you know, hearing, hearing you talk and I'm going to push through and I can do this. I know I can. Um, to me, that's, that's very runner centric. Like, like that's what, that's what we do. I'm the same way. Like if it's something that's wrong with me, it's like, yep, no, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Like I'm going to be okay. Versus when I'm talking to other runners, athletes I coach, whatever the case might be, I'm like, dude, back off a little bit. Like your body's trying to tell right. you something. Don't be, <laughs> don't be a fool. Um, I, I have a feeling that uh, that as a as a patient, you might you might be a tough patient to work with to, to keep under wraps. But how do you how do you kind of I don't know what the best way asking this is, but how do you kind of balance those two sides of the equation of of being a clinician and knowing quote unquote, the right things to do sometimes, but being an athlete and sometimes ignoring what you probably know in a, in a calmer moment is the right thing to do. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm a terrible patient. Are you kidding me? I'm horrible. Absolutely horrible. I will tell everyone all day long, you shouldn't be doing that. And then of course I'm like, Oh, it's just, it's not so bad. I can run. Um, but I've gotten a lot better. Like these, this past, after breaking my foot, I just learned a lot about myself, honestly. And you learn a lot when you're, when you can't run and you're, you're sitting there and your mind goes all kinds of different directions. But I, I'd say that I'm probably 50% better. I used to be so bad and I would run through everything and then I'd end up with, I mean, I got compartment syndrome with run training for my marathon. I mean, I, I just, it's not worth it anymore. Right. It just really isn't. It, it's more about the longevity of being able to do this sport for a long time than it is the moment like pushing through. Uh, will I continue to push through when I probably shouldn't? I'm sure I will. Right. But it's a lot. I've, I've changed a lot in that regard. Yeah. So. And it's, it's, again, it's one of those things. It's easy to say when we're, when we're having a chat and, and we're not out running right now, but you get, you get on the starting line and you get 65 miles deep in a, in a hundred miler. And sometimes it's, it's easy to ignore that voice in your head going, yeah, maybe we should, you know, be, be smart here. Um, 
but uh, you know, going back down, kind of some of the 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 uh, physical therapy uh, side of things. When when did that become something that uh, you know was that something that had kind of again always been something that you wanted to do professionally, or where did where did that enter the equation? And, and there's a place I'm going to try to go with this, I promise. But although it depends on on what your answers are, but uh, <laughs> just, just kind of curious where that came kind of came from. You know, honestly, I no, I like I didn't think I was going to be a PT. I I didn't grow up saying oh, I'm going to be a physical therapist. I always loved science, like mm-hmm. crazy in love with science and anatomy and all that. So um, when I got into sp- my major was sports medicine. Okay. My undergrad, and I just started to, and I'd been in PT a lot growing up. I was I was injured a lot, and. I, I guess that probably had an influence on me because the, the empathy that they show right. and, and the reward that you get for helping someone is huge. And I just, I absolutely love helping people. I don't care. You, I mean, if I meet you and you've got like a, a something wrong, let's go check it out. You don't right. need to come see me. It's not going to be like, Oh, come see me charge you blah, right. blah, blah, right. whatever. Um, and it's just like, it's turned out to be fantastic because, um, there's just so much you can do with running a PT, not like, oh, why do I need to come see you? I'm not injured. There's so much pre, like preventing injury, getting yourself ready that PTs do that I don't think people realize. And so I kind of went a little bit off track, but oh. no, it wasn't something that I always wanted to do. It just sort of came about, I guess. Right, right. And, and you know, again, it's why I love trying to keep things pretty loosey goosey around here because you might say that you went a little bit off of what, what I asked and you may have, but it, it sprung out six other questions that I'm probably only going to be able to ask one or two because then we're going to, you know, that the process continues to repeat itself. Um, but, but you, you said something that, that just like, you know, had me, you know, praising, praising, praising her over here. Like, yes, girl preach, um, about the idea of, you know, so often we kind of have this idea that like, you don't go to see somebody until something's wrong. Uh, you know, until there's a problem to be fixed right. with our with our kind of medical system. That's kind of how things are set up. You try to go into somebody and go, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, but like, can we just check out and make sure there's not, you know, something little that we can nip in the bud or, or preventative maintenance type of things. Um, and I feel like, again, runners tend to be, and, and I'm guilty of this too, so I'm not trying to cast any shade or throw anybody under the bus, um, you know, pretty pretty even farther down that, that rabbit hole of like, nope, I'm good. I'm just going to keep running until something is so bad that, that they have no other choice. Um, how do you try to get through to people? Maybe how do you try to get through to yourself sometimes to practice what you preach? Uh, cause that's something that I struggle with sometimes, um, about the idea of taking, um, preventative maintenance, physical therapy, you know, whatever you want to call it, prehab, um, doing some of those, those things beforehand, um, and making it a priority, especially for the runner that has, for the most part, been, been fairly healthy going, well, shoot, you know, I haven't really had any injuries. So like, why do I need to spend, you know, extra time every day doing stretches or foam rolling or yoga or balance work or exercises, you know, blah, 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 blah. How do you, how do you kind of try to break through that barrier and help somebody to understand that like, no, this stuff really is important. And, and it, it makes it, it has a potential to really help you avoid, you know, serious injuries down the road. Honestly, it's hard. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that right away. Cause some people are completely just blocked. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. And I totally get it. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Like, you know, right. some people are, are just in that spot, but, um, I, when I feel a niggle, I go after it. Um, I'm just going to say this. Tendonitis doesn't happen overnight. You don't right, just wake up right. and, oh, my foot hurts. What happened yesterday? It's a re- repetitive thing. And I like to say, you know, you know, we always say overuse injuries, and I like to call it misuse injuries. Mm. So um, form is a huge thing that I look at all the time. And I believe that when you put that much weight on a body, because we all know it's like, what, three to five times your body weight when you run. And you're mostly on one leg and you have some type of funky thing going on. I don't care if it's like you hit your way over reach, over striding, whatever, doing that over and over and over, you're going to develop something. You may be fine right now, but, uh, I mean, if you look at the research, you look at, you know, just examples or yourself Mm -hmm. when you're, something is just a little bit off somewhere else is going to take the slack up. So if I have, not enough movement in my ankle somewhere up the chain is going to take up that slack and then pain happens. Right. 
And so I just think you'd say like, hey, why don't you make sure all your joints are moving properly? If you're if you're good, that's good. Let's keep all your joints moving properly. Let's keep you biomechanically sound. As I mean, obviously, there's no perfect form. There's no mm-hmm. perfect position. Everybody's different. But let's keep those things healthy so that you can run for a long time. And don't wait until something happens to fix it. Like, look at it now. Right, right. Well, and, and that 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 is an important thing to remember too, which again is, is maybe it's, it's the medical training that, that we both have and, and dealing with athletes and injuries and things like that. But it's, it's easy to forget that like, um, or how, it's easy to, to lose sight of how important it is to have that baseline of what is your quote unquote normal and what your quote unquote feels good actually feels like. Um, because you know, when you're not having, um, you know, any type of red flags or you're not having pain somewhere, um, you know, you just kind of take it for granted that everything feels right and everything is right and everything, you know, the joints are moving and the muscles are firing and everything's going like it's supposed to go. Um, but then once you have something that goes wrong, sometimes it can be hard to figure out when you're back to where you're supposed to be because you don't have a, a record or have a, a good idea of what that baseline healthy feeling actually feels like. Um, which I don't know if I have a question in all of this, but it's just it's just something to to keep in mind of like knowing what your normal is is kind of important so that when you veer off of that, you can you can hopefully figure out when you get back on course if that line of blah makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yes, I, I totally agree. So, <clears throat> and this is this is a, another kind of topic along this this health and and staying healthy line of of rationale and i love the idea of of misuse injury as opposed to overuse i that I, I might steal that one from you because i i really <laughs> like that a lot um but something that that i think we can all all have maybe struggled with i don't, I don't know if, if that's quite the right way of saying it but um the idea of where something hurts may or may not be where the, the problem actually lies. And, and I'll, I'll even throw myself under the bus for this one right now. So, um, I don't have like a raging case of plantar fasciitis, but like I've, I haven't had any plantar fasciitis type of symptoms in four years, three, four years. And somewhere for the last month, like, like not serious, not all the time, not, but just, you know, regularly enough that I'm like, damn, what is going on with my, with my left foot? And like, I'm, you know, for, for the first couple of weeks of feeling it, it was like, all right, I'll just get the, you get the, the ball out and do some massaging on it, stretch my calves a little bit. Um, which I kind of like, feel like I've been doing all this stuff, but it, you know, just whatever reason, the left side's cropping up a little bit. And, you know, finally, after a couple of weeks of, of actually like trying to take really good care of it and not seeing any, any, progress, the light bulb kind of came on and it's like, well, maybe my hip kind of feels a little bit off too. And like, you know, lo and behold, like, you know, glutes a little bit tight and kind of the back is a little bit tight. So like now as I'm broadening my scope and loosening some, some other areas out, like, Hey, surprise, surprise, the plantar fascia is starting to, to relax a little bit, or at least whatever it is down in my foot, it's starting to relax a little bit and, and, um, feeling, feeling like I'm making some progress as I've broadened my scope out. Um, but, but for those that, maybe don't have sports medicine degrees or haven't, haven't done a lot of study of, of anatomy and physiology and kinesiology and how the body and all the, all the ologies that explain how our bodies work. Um, when do you, you know, and it, this is a very broad open-ended question. So I, you know, we can throw all the disclaimers out there that this isn't specific advice to any one person or any one situation, but, but when, do you stop focusing on the area so much and start to broaden your scope? Because sometimes again, with myself as an example, sometimes you feel that little thing in the bottom of your foot and you, oh yeah, I haven't done much foot stretching and, and foot work in a while. Two or three days of rolling on a golf ball or a lacrosse ball or something like that, stretching your calf a little bit and everything's fine. So you focus on the area and it solves the problem. When, when does that kind of become like, all right, we need to broaden our scope a little bit and look at farther up or farther down the chain to see if maybe maybe there's an, an issue that we're ignoring that's actually causing the, the pain, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, I think you always should do that. But what I do first, and I and I, I'm a big rock tape fan. I, I was at their uh, course here in oh man September, and one of the things they said was put out the fire first. So mm. whatever you know is hurting, let's put that fire out. But as soon as that fire's out, let's figure out why that fire happened. Mm. Like that's kind of how I look at it. And I always think somebody comes in and they've got ankle pain or knee pain. I'm not just looking at the ankle. And any of you that go out there to to a PT or or any you know any type of therapist, make sure they look up and down because if you're going to miss something, right? 
you know, and, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, obviously, but that's something that I feel like is lacking across the board is looking away from the injury. I mean, if you have ankle pain, um, your hip, just like you said, might be tight or it might, it might be, you know, something even higher. It could be something, right. uh, I, you just don't know. There's just too many possibilities. And you, I just think you're doing a disservice to your patient, client, whatever, if you don't check out the whole body. So, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, one thing, this is a conversation I had with somebody else, not, not on the show, but just recent conversation where it's like, you know, we, we can forget sometimes that, like you said, even farther up, then it doesn't have to be just lower extremity. It could be something in, in your upper back. It could be something, you know, spinal alignment related in your, in your mid back or something like that. That's, that's causing this train chain reaction all the way down. So, so yeah, having, having a broad scope. And I like the idea of put the fire out first, but then don't just, don't just stop there. Like figure out what, right. what it was that caused it because otherwise odds are it's probably going to flare back up again. If you're not, uh, not addressing the actual root cause. Exactly. Um, kind of st- moving on a little bit as, as we're getting kind of getting to that area where, you know, kind of have to start winding this thing down pretty soon. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about prevention and, and the, the, I think we can both agree the importance of trying to take care of issues before they become an issue, you know, try to prevent, prevent the fire from ever starting, let alone after you put it out, but just in general, try to try to keep things healthy, keep things moving in the right direction. Um, and it's a topic that I've, I've talked about a lot by myself. I've talked about uh, with various other, you know, PTs and, and chiropractors and, and again, just a variety of different clinicians that have been on the show over the years. Uh, but I always love to, to pick somebody else's brain. Obviously, it helps me a little bit, but uh, it also obviously helps the people that are listening a little bit to maybe learn a little a little new something or um, whatnot, some different types of things that they can do. Um, and one thing that I that I noticed, uh, I'll try to be maybe a little bit more specific with this question, um, but obviously we can branch out if you, if you would like. But I noticed on your Instagram uh, uh page or posts or whatever, look at scrolling through your Instagram feed a little bit. Um, I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, maybe a, a few weeks ago or whatever. Um, you had, you had some posts or I had a post and some videos, uh, demonstrating, uh, a mobile board maybe, is that the right way of saying it? But basically like a balance board, balance and stability and, and why that's so important. Um, and I was wondering if maybe we could, we could dive into to the importance of, um, balance, stability, foot strength, foot mobility, those types of things, which is an area that I think um, is pretty easy to kind of gloss over uh, in the in the running world. And, and maybe it's the most important area that we gloss over when it comes to injury prevention. So um, again, I don't know that I have a specific question, but but can we talk about balance and stability a little bit and, and get your thoughts on, on why that's so important? I'm assuming you think it's important because of the post that I read, but uh, we can kind of go from there. Oh, yeah. Uh, hugely important. So... Um, which also brings in ultra. Right, right. Funny because, how that works out. Yeah, right. Um, I found, I, I'm just going to start there so I okay. can kind of tell you my journey. Yep. But ultra, I found a few years back when I was, I was just chronically injured. And I read that book, you know, Born to Run, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, barefoot running, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so I got the original Lone Peak. And honestly, ultra shoes have really honest saved my feet because mm-hmm. my feet were, and I'm, I'm just going to be, totally frank. I'm not going to use brands, but the narrow toe box, I was getting major blisters. My feet, I I can tell you the shape of my feet was going towards the shape of a typical shoe. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I found ultra and the, the reason I like ultra so much is the, it allows your feet to splay properly. It allows that big toe to work properly. It allows your feet to work properly. And that goes along with the mobile board. The mobile board is a great new device that just came out. Oh man, I can't remember. Not very long ago by Jay DeCherry. And forgive me mm-hmm. if I just totally yeah. butchered his name, but he's fantastic. And what the main thing with that is, is it, it makes you drive through your big toe. And that's what I think a lot of runners mm-hmm. miss. Like, so take your shoes off. Put your feet on the floor, stand there and try to lift your big toes up. Can you do it? I can, I can do it. I'm doing it right now, but, uh, I'm also lifting my other toes off. So so does that make, uh, is that a bad thing? Yeah. You want your big, just your big toe. Big toe. All right. I can, I can sort of do it, but it's definitely a lot more difficult. And a a lot of times it doesn't go straight. You know, that's, that is exactly what's happening. It's, It's definitely curving, curving back inward. 
Yeah. And so that's a huge, huge sign right there. Like you need to work on your feet. So there's toe yoga. I mean, there's tons of, of like Instagram. I need to do more of this. This is something that I'm going to get into and try to do more uh, physical therapy type posts filled in with my running. But there's a lot of sites out there that, that do have great exercises for the feet. But going back to the mobile board, it's got a hole in it. If you if you look at the, I think I showed that on on the mm-hmm. picture. If you look at that, your toe, your other toes, except for your big toe, go in the hole, so you can't grip. So mm-hmm. when when you're if you have a gripping problem, then your foot is searching for stability. So your foot isn't stable. So that that is a dead ringer for you need to work on your feet. Um, and I'm not talking go towel scrunching or right. anything like that. I mean go get something like a mobile board or. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I could describe putting two pencils on each side of your feet and trying to touch the pencil with your toe or your pinky. That's mm-hmm. a great one. Um, and and do that those things because I bet it'll make you just a better runner overall, even if you have no problems right now. And it's just, it, we're on our foot one leg all the time. Sorry, I'm getting down my rabbit hole. No, no, please, go, <laughs> and, go deep. Um, and, and, and I think it's just overlooked. Like, so take that mobile board. And then what I had on there was the TRX. I like playing with that TRX rip stick, rip cord, whatever, rip trainer. Um, it's a great way to get that rotation, which I think is so important, resisted rotation. And then combine that. I mean, I was, I was on fire in those videos. My mm-hmm. whole leg was on fire. And I just think that when you're combining exercises like that, you're getting your body um, used to different planes of movement. If we constantly go in one plane, that's a problem mm-hmm. because then you're on a trail and you got to jump over something right. or you got to go side to side. That's a problem because your joints aren't going to be ready to take that force. Mm-hmm. So that gets me a, a lot into, um, uh, movement variability and being able to control your flexibility. So like, for instance, I got asked, uh, what I thought about yoga. I think yoga is great, but when you go to yoga, don't just focus on the flexibility. You need to be able to control your flexibility. Mm. That, otherwise, you can get injured. Right. So anyway, I'm totally, I don't know where I'm going with this. But it's just a hugely important part of running. If you don't do some type of balance and stability work, I think you're missing out. I think you'll become a way better runner if you add in even five to ten minutes a day. I say take that mobile board, put it somewhere you can see it. Even you could take it to your office if you work in a cubicle. For five minutes, do uh, a set of you know uh, rockers on mm-hmm. each leg. Mm-hmm. You can you can incorporate it in your life. You don't have to take. Oh, I've got to take another thirty minutes to All add right. this into my day. I'm never going to make it. Just throw it in like periodically. And that's, that's, I feel like that's, that's the most important piece of it right there is that, is, is that, you know, we're all busy, you know, let's, let's not pretend like we're not, whether it's always productive, busy or not, we're, we're all busy. We find, we find a way to use all 24 hours in the day, pretty much every single day. Um, so then when you're, when you're asking somebody to add more things into the mix, it's like, well, yeah, but like, where am I going to find time? And I know it's important, but blah, 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 blah. But, you know, if you can find a way to, to, you know, I mean, like, like, just mixing things throughout the day. So I, I've always been a proponent of, of encouraging people like stand on one foot when you're brushing your teeth and, you know, for, for 30 oh, to 45 yes. seconds, one minute on one foot, one minute on the other foot. Now your teeth have been brushed. You got two minutes worth of balance work right there. Multiply that by a couple times a day, mix in a couple other times here and there. And, and there you go. Five minutes of balance work on each leg is, is done and dusted and it doesn't, doesn't, uh, interfere with your, with your life any other, any other way. So, you know, I love the idea of, of mixing in at work too. You know, I mean, shoot, I'm standing up right now, barefoot, you know, like, like standing yeah. up to talk when you're on the phone or, you know, if you can have a standing workstation or even if it's not a, t- a permanent one, figure out a way to, to make it work so you can stand up a little bit throughout the day and, and, you know, then do a little bit of balance work or do a little bit of, of whatever, you know, those little bits add up if you're consistent with it. Completely. And, and, you know, movement is key. I just say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Move. I don't sit, move. Like if you have to sit at a cubicle, maybe ask your employer if they'd be willing to do a trial standing desk. Right. Um, you'd be surprised at how many of them are willing to do it. Yeah, it's, well, because the research better. is out there that shows that it's healthier and it's and, and it can be as productive, if not more productive. So, yeah, I mean, let's, you know, at, at least, you know, maybe, maybe it's it's something that some people are still dragging their feet about. But like it, it's the research is there if you want to have some research to support you as well, like to take it to the boss or the management. Like it, it might it might just work if you ask actually ask. Yeah, you never know unless you ask. And, and it 
it, you know, maybe you'll get somebody else to do it. They mm-hmm. see you at the same desk. Oh, well, maybe I should try that. And then lo and behold, you know, more and more people do it. And then there you go. You get a more healthy population. <laughs> right, right. Which uh, we, we definitely uh, would, wouldn't mind having that be uh, the case. Instead of the, uh, uh, you know, sometimes feel like, and I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble, but like health is sometimes turning in the wrong direction, but it doesn't take much to, to try to change that trajectory. And if it's simpler and as simple as getting some more standing desks around, like, that could that can make a difference for a lot of people. So yeah, you never know what what the downstream effect might be. Exactly, just one. I mean, just really. Yeah. Like I think about that on Instagram. Like if you can just inspire one person to get out there, that's worth it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So as we're uh, getting getting close to to wrapping up here now, Trish, I I, I uh, like to close with something I call a, a philosophical question, which is basically just like the introductory question, very open-ended. Uh, you can take it any direction and it's, it's, uh, but it's not like a standard question that I ask everybody. It kind of depends on how the conversation went and, and where we, where we, where we go. And one thing that you mentioned earlier, and I just love to maybe not ask as much of a specific question is just, is just maybe asked to unpack it a little bit more, but the, the tie in between emotions and, and healing and how our emotions and sometimes that fear can be a thing that, that if I'm, if I'm putting your words together from, correctly from earlier, you know, that can slow down the healing process. So, um, for, for those of us that, you know, are injured currently, or those of us that, uh, may end up injured at some point down the line, um, how do we help keep our emotions in the right place to help with that healing process? Because, you know, it's, it's not one versus the other. We're all, everybody, every person is, is an ecosystem and the emotions are certainly part of that ecosystem. So, um, like I said, I don't know that I have a specific question other than what's, what's, what's the best way to kind of keep both of those pieces in your experience going in the right direction to hopefully help speed up that, that healing process so we can get back to running and training and, and working towards our running goals when, if slash when the injury bug strikes. You know, oh, um, for me personally, I, I'll, I'll just be really frank here. I had a low like super low after that race. Mm -hmm. And I had a really hard time digging myself out, but I talked. Mm. And I think a lot of times we hold it in because we don't want to bother people. We don't want to seem dramatic. We don't want to seem depressed or we don't want to talk about being depressed. It's almost like it comes with a stigma, which is really, really sad because um, it's... there's nothing wrong with you. You're human. It's okay not to be okay. And I did a a big post on this. I've done a couple of posts on this and I'm getting emotional now. I mean, it's still really hard for me to think about. It's hard Mm -hmm. for me to think about, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, the injuries and, and you know, there's, it's not just injuries that people are having. They have life issues Mm -hmm. too. And so when you bring in all that stress and, and one thing that you have to remember is exercise is a stress Mm -hmm. in itself. So if you're out out there running to relieve your stress, remember you also need another outlet because um, if you're if you're not sleeping, you're exhausted, you're emotional, you're 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 running all the time, you're putting all your effort in that, and you're not taking time to figure out. I don't care whatever you want to do, prayer, uh, meditation, yoga, something mm-hmm. to slow you down. Right. Um, you're gonna. It's it's almost like it it it. Uh, well, it's overtraining. Right. You become overtrained, but anyway, I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole, but, um, I think that it's a difficult thing to talk about mm-hmm. feeling bad because you feel like there's something wrong with you. Well, go talk to someone, talk to your therapist. Like I will act like if someone comes into me and, and I'm watching them move and I can see like fear or you, and you can, there's like these little signs mm-hmm. you can see. Like, I'm going to say something, whether or not you're comfortable speaking with me, speak to someone, because if you leave that in, it's going to fester and fester and fester. And it creates problems like stress and, and all that emotion. If you keep it in can make you sick. It's Mm -hmm. just, you, I mean, you see that all the time. And so please don't keep it in. I mean, you got to talk to somebody and if there's a a specific injury, I mean, you can, you know, there's, I, I haven't really looked into that that, uh, there's a lot of stuff like EDMR, is it EDMR? Anyway, there's, there's some different techniques that people can do, um, for you that, that I've seen or heard people have really good luck with. But my personal experience was just all the people that rallied around me. I can't tell you the messages I got. Mm. I, I mean, it's this little, you know, I say little, this large Instagram community and this large group of friends that I have found, 
like the support and emotional support is huge. Right. Like you, if somebody just sends you a text, how are you doing? How's your ankle? How are you feeling? That can like change you in a moment to know that someone's thinking about you. So I guess I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of how I feel about it. You have to talk. Don't keep it in. It's just it'll mess with you. It'll just continually mess with you. Yeah. And that absolutely. We, we, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just to say that absolutely answers answers the question. It's it's um, I'm, I'm good at bottling my emotions and not dealing with them. And so it's, it's, it's a good reminder that like that stress is stress is stress. And you, sometimes you gotta, you gotta have that, that release valve. You gotta let things out and it absolutely makes a difference in, in all other areas in the recovery process. And, and, um, I loved it. So thank you for, for being willing to go down that route, Trish. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah. No problem. Uh, guys, once again, uh, we could probably have kept going. I know I could kept going, uh, but at some point mm-hmm. we, got, we clearly have to wrap this thing up. So uh, if you want to follow along with Trish, she, you know, obviously continues to, to hopefully move down the, the healing process and uh, recover from, from her uh, injury during the hundred miler and then get back, get back out on the, on the trails and uh, chase down. Uh, I'm sure there's gonna be another hundred mile attempt and hopefully a hundred mile finish in the not too distant future as well on Instagram at ultra T the number seven, U L T R A T seven uh disruns.com slash seven nine zero is a link to take you back to the show notes today love everything linked up uh photos instagram all of the things uh disruns.com slash seven nine zero so uh trish thank you for uh for taking the time today thanks for talking shop and and getting real and telling it like it is uh certainly appreciate it and i certainly have uh, enjoyed getting to know you over the last i mean it's not even been a month since we connected um but uh certainly looking forward to continuing uh to to check in with you and and uh see how things are going and hopefully our paths cross one day and maybe we can do this again in person at some point down the road but uh thank you for for the time today and i certainly wish you a speedy recovery and nothing but the best going forward thank you so much for having me seriously i I can't thank you enough this has been awesome all right guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show i hope you enjoyed the conversation between trish and myself and as per usual be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about that, uh, that, that really stuck with you a little bit? What was your takeaway from today's episode? For me, it was something that uh, Trish said when she, she used the phrase, and I, I think I told her I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal it because I liked it, uh, misuse injuries as opposed to overuse injuries. So, you know, when we're talking about kind of some of those common running maladies, the, the, the itises, um, the, the plantar fasciitis, shin splints, IT band, runner's knee, all those, all those types of things that, that commonly get called overuse injuries. I love the idea of calling them misuse injuries, meaning that, that just like Trish said, they usually crop up over time. There's not like one instant moment where all of a sudden you develop, you know, bursitis or, um, tendonitis or shin splints. It's, it's something that's slow, that's gradual, that builds up from misuse. And while Trish talked about form being a way that you may misuse your body or, or may put, um, maybe not misuse your body, but but may put too much stress on various body parts. Uh, and I certainly agree with that and don't, don't disagree with that for a second. Form is hardly the only way that you can have a a misuse amount of stress that can cause some of these misuse type of injuries. Um, you know, there's so many different ways that that can happen from, you know, running too much too quickly, um, whether you're new to the sport or whether you're coming back from an injury, you know, you can, you can, have misuse stress and misuse injuries because of that. Um, it could be something like not running your easy runs easy enough. So you're going too hard all the time, too much stress on your body. That way can lead to misuse type of injuries. Um, just so many different things, the, the wrong type of shoes for you, obviously form, which is something that Trish talked about, um, not taking enough rest, too much ancillary stress, all the, you know, like, like Trish talked about at the end, Stress is stress is stress and too much stress in other areas of your life can impact your ability to recover. So too much stress in your life, not enough sleep, not enough recovery time. There's so many things we can do that, that can lead to misuse type of injuries that simply trying to pigeonhole them as overuse. She's right. It it misses, it misses the point a lot of times I think. And uh, so just that idea of a lot of those common running injuries being more misuse injuries than overuse injuries. I like it because if we're taking care of our bodies, taking care of the little things, get enough rest, running easy when we're supposed to run easy, those types of things, 
all of a sudden the over the quote unquote overuse injuries kind of, kind of don't happen. So maybe it's less overuse and maybe it's more misuse. I think, I think she hit the nail on the head and, uh, definitely that is my takeaway. Just that little change in terminology and what that kind of means for me as a coach, for me as a runner, and maybe for you as well. So trying to avoid those misuse injuries. That's, that's the name of the game for me. Uh, hopefully for you as well. But what, what was your takeaway? Maybe it was the same thing. Maybe it was something different. What stood out to you from this episode? What was your takeaway from our conversation today? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can slide into the DMs in both places, or you can just tag me in a post. That's always cool too. Um, but let me know what you thought of this episode. You can also shoot an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, if you head over to the show notes today to get links to connect with Trish or to see some photos, whatever the case might be, uh, while you're there, you can leave your, your comments and your feedbacks, takeaways down there in the comments section at the bottom of the post disruns.com slash 790 once again is a link to take you back to the show notes to leave your comments and feedbacks and takeaways there so with that we'll go ahead and uh, stick a fork in this one call it a day uh, once again disruns.com slash giveaway if you want to get yourself entered into the drawing for a free custom training plan we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you um, and uh, like I said, pick a new winner at the beginning of each month. So if, you, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, you've got uh, six days, seven days, something like that, five days, uh, something. You've got a week, basically, to get yourself entered to get into the, the next drawing. But, you know, you can always get entered anytime. And then you'll always be entered into the next drawing, whichever one is coming up after that as well. So and then, like I said, you're automatically re-entered each and every month. So disruns.com slash giveaway. You can also get there on the homepage, disruns.com. So... With that, we'll go ahead and uh, officially, officially call this one a day. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one as always. And uh, until next time, please be well. Please take good care. And we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.